You're listening to Women in Wealth WordPress, a podcast dedicated to the pursuit of female empowerment and financial freedom through the wonderful world of web design. Hi, Anna. Hey, Nikki. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I've had a really nice morning. I've exercised and I've had a nice brekkie, so I'm ready to go. Beautiful. <laughs> For anyone who may not have heard of you yet, which probably isn't many people listening, to be honest, can you just give us an overview of who you are and what you do? My name's Anne. I'm based in Britain, Australia, but I've been a designer for over 20 years, which is scary. I started out like everyone else. I went to design school, got a job, and then, yeah, I ran my own online design business for a while, and then I transitioned into design mentor slash e-course creator, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I've been in the design industry for a long time. And you've done some amazing things in your time in terms of courses and summits and your own podcast and all of these awesome things. I've had the pleasure of doing one of them, which I'm sure we'll talk about (laughs) throughout this. So you said, this is something I've been talking with about with a few guests lately. You said you studied and then you worked in an agency. How did you make the leap to being a freelancer? And then were there any specific events that made you take that leap? And then even into that next stage of being a creative mentor, was anything that pushed you to go that route as well? Yeah, I think a lot of women will probably have the same answer. When I was pregnant with my first child, that was the catalyst. I want to go on my own now. I want that freedom. I want that flexibility. I don't want to work for the man anymore. I don't want to be locked in. And that's when I was pregnant, I started to do the juggle of working and doing the freelancer thing on the side. And then when she was born, I was just all in. I was like, that's it. I'm done with that now. And I just started off in my garage with a desk and a Mac and that was it. And just went hard, basically. And I did my own business. I actually started off doing wedding invitations at first. And I did that for a while. And then I branched into branding and stuff like that. And I worked really hard and I felt like I got to a point where I didn't have staff and we were booked out and I couldn't really go any further without wanting to like turn it into a massive agency. And for me, having staff was actually pretty stressful. Just making sure you had enough work to pay them, you pay them first, then you get whatever's left. And it just wasn't fun anymore. And I felt like I achieved everything I wanted to achieve that way. And that's when I made the transition then into mentoring. Some of my business buddies would like, can you mentor me? And I was like, I've never done it before. I'll give it a go. And I did that and I, I really loved it and I was good at it. So I was like, okay, I could mentor women in business, but then it's not the same as mentoring a designer because I know the industry in and out. We speak the same language. I know their problems, all that sort of stuff. And that's when I made the transition then into e-courses and mentoring. And it was just way easier to make money that way rather than one-on-one design clients. And it just suited my family lifestyle as well. Yeah, so good. I feel like I'm on the cusp of that. 
I like what you say that you were in the field. So it was perfect for you because you've had that experience. I've worked with a number of different coaches in different fields, like a sales coach, a generalist coach, but I think there's a lot to be said for someone who's done what you're doing and mm. can really give specific advice to your type of business. So there's so much value to add there. And yeah, I think it's amazing. And it's super rewarding when you work with those people and you see them go on to do big things and make a significant difference in their lives and their business. So it's a really nice place to be. <laughs> it is. I feel like um, a proud mama there all the yeah. time. Yeah. When I see all my little designer babies out there making yeah. stuff happen. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. You're one of yeah. them. Yeah, thank you. And I love as well how you said you started in your garage with just a table and now you've got your beautiful office and even in the background I can see you've got this beautiful sign. This is actually something I've wanted to do, get like an LED of my logo or something. And you've got your little phone and your props and it's all gorgeous and set up. It's just that thing of... We all have to start somewhere and you just do the thing and eventually down the track you look back and you're like, well, look at how far I've come, you know. Yeah, we all start off like that and I think that's really important for everyone to hear. So thank you for sharing. I was just going to say we all start at zero, hey. Yeah. We all start at zero Instagram followers. We all start at zero email list subscribers and it's just consistency, really. Mm, Yeah. And even that number thing that game of you can really start to look at those numbers and be oh like I only have 100 or only have 200 and it does slowly creep up but you don't need to have huge numbers as well to build a successful business I actually just had a meeting with my bookkeeper and I just she printed out my profit profit and loss and it's quite funny this is a bit off track but she came to the meeting prepared and she was like you know this is this is what you've done this quarter. And it was like 90k and that was like mid last week so That's not even awesome. the end of the quarter yet yeah And I was like, oh my God, I've made 90K this quarter. And she's like, yeah, it's only the first quarter. And then by the end of the week, I actually made about 10 more K. So I hit, I made over 100K last quarter. So I'm on track to make 400K this quarter. And that is insane. I'm a one woman band. And I actually just in the last two weeks, literally have hired three people. So watch me run. If I can do this on my own, imagine what I'll do with three members. Thank you. (laughs) So proud of yourself. I am. I'm. Oh, that's insane. But I'm also like, where did all the money go? But I'm in a very heavy period of investment. <laughs> and I think it's interesting what your initial reaction to that is when she told you. Because I remember having a similar conversation with my accountant and he said a big, scary number to me and he's like, this is how much you've made. And I'm like freaked out, like yeah. not in a good way. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It is funny how you react and it just brings up whatever money stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to take note of that and be like, okay, why did I react that way? And what do I need to break down and unpack to turn this around? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I would love to hear from you because this is something you talk about a lot, but how important do you believe finding a niche is as a designer? I'm all about the niching. I pretty much encourage all designers to have a niche and the word niche gets thrown around a lot and Mm. it doesn't have to be big and scary at all like I think people think oh it's just your ideal client which it kind of is but it's a lot of other things as well basically the bottom line for me is a niche is a point of difference and basically only saying yes to the stuff you love and saying no to everything that doesn't flow easy for you, basically. Mm. So just stay in your zone of genius and making it clear 
what your point of difference is. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I'm in this funny place at the moment where a niche has chosen me and I've resisted it for so long. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm working with a copywriter to do my own brand strategy because now that I have a team, I need this on paper because I need to be able to communicate it to them so that they can communicate it in the marketing, which is what I've hired them for. But my copywriter did say an interesting thing to me and she's like, you can niche, but it doesn't mean that you only have to work with those people. Some people from different industries will still come to you because they like your work and they'll hire you regardless of if you say, I work with this type of business. But the other people that you're speaking directly to will be more likely to hire you as well. Mm -hmm. So there's only good things to it. We're working through the language and how to communicate that at the moment. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And like so I said, the niche is just not the people. Like for me, I always tell designers that it can be very layered, can be based on who you want to work with. And that could be industry. It could be specific demographics. And then it could be based on the kind of services you offer as well. Perhaps yeah. you only do a specific type of design service. You might only do branding or you might only do digital magazines or you might only do websites. And it can also be based on your specific style, design style, whatever flows easiest for you. So if you're someone who's into feminine, modern design, you're not going to excel at doing a mechanics business card. You know what I mean? And then the final layer is, of course, your values, all the things that are important. I know for me personally. Most people don't want to work with people who are homophobic. Values are important as well. So your niche is all of those things layered together and that's your unique positioning. So yeah, it's not as scary as people think. It's not as polarizing yeah. as people think. It's really just who you are, what you do and who you work with. Amazing. I really love that description and it's so true because it's not just casting a net and kind of being whoever comes in I'm going to work with you I've said that for a long time as well that I've niched to WordPress rather than every website platform and for me that's allowed me to charge more money and become an expert at what I do so mm. I really totally agree with what you said there yeah <laughs> good okay so do you have any steps or strategies for people that you recommend if people are trying to find their niche or trying to establish themselves within a specific niche that they've chosen yeah I think Perhaps if you're new to the industry, you haven't worked with a lot of people, don't try to force it. Like I said, it's all about those layers and maybe you don't have the answers to all the layers yet. That's okay. So just put together what you can for now. And as time goes on and your journey continues, you'll define each layer more and more. And it's a constant changing thing. Yeah. Yeah. There is no final destination here. I've been in business for nearly 15 years on my own and I'm still changing and evolving as time goes on mm. and that's okay. And it, yeah, it, and it changes based on your interests and your skills and mm. everything. Yeah, I love that. Business is not stagnant and never is. So, no, yeah. <laughs> no, and it's okay to change and, yeah, and it's okay to have those moments of feeling lost. I don't know who I am. I don't know who I want to work with. But not to freak out too much. Just sit with it um, and it'll come. Try not yeah. to force it. Yeah, I, I love that. And <laughs> exactly like I said, Anish has found me. I think my last five clients have been allied health. So physios, awesome. massage therapists, and 
Honestly, every one of them has been a dream and they've all, one even paid me completely up front. They've all had very minimal changes in terms of website design and copy and all of these things. So I'm doing it. I've got some really great examples to pop in my portfolio. I, I just need to figure out the messaging. So <laughs> I will get there. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I mean. Sometimes it finds you. So yeah, yeah don't stress too much about it, like locking yeah. something. And at the same time, as you say, when you're new, you do need to catch probably a little bit of work that you may not necessarily love because you're building your pricing up, you're building your skills up. And even those projects that you don't necessarily love, you'll still learn something from them. And whether it's how to use the design software, how to solve a technological problem, there's always something that comes from every project. Maybe it's how to enforce a boundary or something else you need to add to your contract. Yeah, there's always 100%. things to take. Yeah. Yeah. Just as long as you have a seed planted, as time goes on, I want to be a specialist. I want to have a yeah. really unique point of difference and work your way towards it. Yeah. And reflect on every project as well to be mm. like, okay, what can I do differently next time? Yeah, totally. Did I yeah. like that? Did I, <laughs> was it easy for me? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think that easy one is a big one because sometimes when people, this is something I've experienced, I've done a project and I've been like, oh, okay, I'll do this little extra thing for them and I'll just include it in the package or whatever, even though I haven't quoted for it because it's easy to me and it's fun and I like to go above and beyond. But there's this kind of fine balance between that and then between being, no, actually I need to charge for that because they don't necessarily expect that for free and it may be easy for me, but it's a valuable piece for them that will serve mm. their business. So how do you put a price on that? That's a really, do you have any advice like this? I, let's get into pricing a little bit because <laughs> okay, sure. it can be a touchy subject, I guess. So I, I guess, do you have any advice for people who are just starting out and about how to set their prices? Yeah, I think the first thing is if you don't believe you're valuable, it's going to be really hard for your clients to believe you're valuable. Mm. So if you are a bit of a defeated designer, in that feeling like people can do it themselves in Canva or whatever, that's not the right attitude to have. If you want to be seen as a valuable designer, you need to believe that you are a valuable designer. That is the first step. The next step is to get really clear on how much money you want to make a month, right? I think a lot of designers forget that they're in charge of this whole business thing that they're the ones in the driver's seat. A lot of them just think it's up to the clients to hire me. That determines how much money I make. But I want you to take the power back and decide how much you want to make a month. Don't leave it up in the air. And then once you've got an idea of how much you want to make each month, break it down into your packages. Have a range of packages. I would say small, medium, large. Your large package is your full month's income goal, basically. So you only have to sell one of those a month to hit it. Think about it in a really smart way. It's easier to make money that way than it is to work with 20 clients paying you 200 bucks each. You're going to get burnt out. You're going to hate people. The whole email communication will be a nightmare. So my two tips are to actually realize your worth, to believe it, and then Figure out how much you want to make a month and price your packages accordingly so that you can work with less clients but still hit that monthly income goal. And then, of course, once you do that, 
you need to communicate your value in everything you yeah. do. It comes back to that. Yeah. And that's the job Always. that we have. Not everyone understands design process, web development process. So don't understand what goes into it. It's our job to tell them, to teach them, to show them, and to say it many times in many different ways. Mm, yeah. That's what it comes to communicating our value. Yeah. Because often people don't even know that they have a problem. And then you drop these hints and they're like, oh, yeah. That makes sense. And then when they realize the Canva design isn't cutting it or whatever it is, then they go, oh, that person I follow, she does really great work and she knows what she's talking about. And yeah, it can be a long lead time before people decide to hire you. Yes. But yeah, it's That's why you dropping need to be doing crumbs. it all the time. Yeah. Because some people, it only takes two or three interactions before they give you their money. Other people, it takes them three years before they trust you to give you their money but it's something you need to be doing all the time yeah you're very good at that <laughs> it's very exhausting um, yeah you have moments where it flows really easily and then yeah. probably I'm coming off the back of a summit and a launch so I'm probably at that tired stage mm. and school holidays <laughs> oh yeah school holidays too <laughs> yeah Okay, so I guess this leads on to my next question. This is a perfect segue. When we were talking about what do we talk about in this episode, you really mentioned keeping it simple and why you think it's essential in the creative fields. This leans into the marketing piece of when you do a lot of content marketing and all of these things, it can be quite tiresome and it can burn that inspiration flame down to the bone. So how does this relate and why do you think it's essential and how do you practice this in your business? I try to keep everything simple, even in the way that I think about business, even just how I explain that pricing. When you break things down, you can keep it really simple. And I've seen my peers complicate things, processes and systems, and it's just not my jam. It's not what I like to do. So I just try to keep everything so simple. It probably means I'm a bit old fashioned as well. I'm all about still pen and paper and just doing the things that I just need to do and not overcomplicating my existence with things I don't need. I used to have shiny objects where I'd be like, this is an awesome idea. I'm going to make it happen. And I would make it happen in a week. And it was a great idea, but it didn't necessarily have to be a business idea. Yeah. I think I've gotten to the point in my life now where I can see what is going to help me move further. Where yeah, I want what to go. fit. Mm. Yeah, I'm not distracted by all the other things anymore. And it's a good place to be, but I often wonder if I'm going to get bored or what will be next. But I honestly think it'll come to me when I get to that point. But yeah, I just try to keep everything so simple. I have a, a VA and that's all I have. And I just, yeah, I don't want all the extra stuff. I think I've worked out what success is to me. I used yeah. to think it was going to be an agency filled with stuff and in the city and all this kind of stuff. And now I'm like, no, that's not what my idea of success is. So yeah. that's where I've simplified in that way. Yes. It makes me happy. Yeah. And you mentioned as well that you really only work 20 hours a week, which yeah. I think is amazing. Can you talk about what your work weeks looks like and yeah, how you really spend your days at the moment? I 
It makes me sound really lazy, I think. Honestly, <laughs> I probably never work on Friday. Amazing. That's usually my me day, but I probably work in the mornings each day. By after lunch, I'm pretty much in family mum mode doing all the things. And because my career shifted from working with one-on-one design clients, I now have e-course launches and have memberships that I need to serve. And it doesn't require me sitting at my desk. Like this morning, I had a call with my squad ladies. And then that was it for today. This kind of work allows you to have that freedom and the flexibility. Yeah, most of my work is marketing now, creating content, serving my audience between launches. That's what it is now. And it's the fun stuff. Yeah, it is fun. (laughs) Because it's valuable, even if they don't ever come into one of your courses or join one of your memberships, people will still take things from you and use them in their business and it will help them grow. And Mm. that's a pretty... Nice feeling it's as so well. powerful. It is very mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah, it is. I spend a lot of time serving now. Yeah, so good. Okay, so I would love to know from you. I always try and get a little bit deep and vulnerable in this. So I would love to know if you have ever had any moments of doubt or times when you're questioning yourself, maybe even when you were starting out as a mentor and how did you overcome that? Oh, yeah, 100%. There was a big moment where I could either choose to keep my business or get a job. And that was when I was a single mom with two little kids and my marriage unexpectedly ended. And I felt like that was a huge crossroads where I could either choose to continue with my own business and create something for my family and for myself, or I could go get a job. And at the time I was, I was a mess. I could barely function. Honestly, I used to make my mom sit next to me at my desk and read out my to-do list and actually prompt me to do the things on the list because I was that broken. And that was a massive moment. And I'm so glad that I chose, Yeah, I chose my business and it was hard. It was really, really hard. I had a newborn and a toddler and I was just doing it all by myself. And I pushed through that and still can't believe I got on the other side of that. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, there's been times where I've been, am I still relevant in this industry? How long is it going to last for? All those things where you question your worthiness. But then when that happens, I think it's totally human. You just need to think about all the lives you've changed. Watch some testimonial videos, read some emails and, you know, I'm helping people. So as long as I'm helping people, I'll still be here. But yeah, I mean, everyone has that doubt, I think. These days, I try not to dwell on them too much. That's important. Yeah. And I think what you say about the relevancy thing, Mm -hmm. so much of business is principles the tech changes, but the strategy doesn't change. So we were talking before about come back to your values, come back to your mission and your purpose, come back to the problems you solve and how you solve them. That's all it is. And it's actually so funny. I've been in this industry. I've had my business for four years. Before that, I was in corporate marketing. Before that, I had my own previous business. And 
It's really only in the last year that I really realized that to the true extent, I think. People say it and they say it and they say it, but it didn't really sink into me, I I think, until the last year. And I think that has been a huge switch in my business. Last year, I was on mat leave and my income was way lower. And then I've just made in the last quarter what I made in the last year while I was on mat leave. And that has been the switch for me because it has come back to what's the problem that I solve And how do I solve it? What are the skills that I have that solve that thing? And being able to communicate that has completely done a 180. And I think I was doing pretty well before, but now my confidence and everything has completely changed. So that's awesome. I would, yeah, thank you. (laughs) That's a massive lesson, I think. And yeah, being able to do the thing. Yeah. But the human side of business is so valuable. And that's what I value the most, the human side of it. When I see someone that started off without confidence, who was just taking on any work, who was getting paid penal, and then I see the transformation of them becoming the person they were meant to become, the confident person who was in charge and who is helping other people and making money, that human side of business is way more important than teaching the strategies and the, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the big stuff. Yeah. And if you are not playing in the human side of business, that's probably what your business might be like. Agree. Yeah. I say that in my course as well. It's creativity, flexibility, and fulfillment. You want to feel fulfilled in what you do as well. Mm -hmm. It's not just all about the number goal or how many clients you can serve or whatever it is. It's do you feel proud of your work and do you feel like you having space to be creative and do different things and yeah yeah I feel very blessed to be in this industry it's so good yeah yeah and that goes back to like your values being in your niche because you want to connect with humans that are like-minded that you actually like that you want to hang out with they're not just clients they're people on your journey Totally. I I think if I could give one piece of advice to anyone listening, it would be literally go down and sit down and take a piece of paper or jump on a Word document and try and figure out if you do branding and you do brand strategy, go through your own brand strategy process Mm. because we all have it in our heads, but you actually do need to distill it and define it. And if you don't feel like doing it for yourself, hire someone. This is what I've done. Some people are going to kill me for saying this, but jump on ChatGPT and be like, okay, ask me a hundred questions about my business and I'll answer them because I'm trying to craft my own brand strategy and I want to know what my values, missions, purpose, points of difference, ideal customer avatar, work it all out and leverage the tools that are available to you and just get it done and get it on paper and it will change. But having a really solid base to go from is an absolute game changer. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> and I love chatting. My best friend. Yeah. I just, I'm always hesitant to say it because I have friends who are copywriters, uh, yeah. all of these things. So but like- yeah. And she's like, I'm going to put on my website, AI copywriter. And I, at first I was like, why? But then we talked about it and she was like, because people don't care how you get it done. If it actually saves them time, if it saves them money, if the quality is there and yes, I'm still reviewing okay. in it. Yeah, and it's the input that you give and all of these things. It's not just what it spits out. I think very interesting Yeah, This is off topic, but I see so many designers, you, me, arguing with strangers on the internet about Canva, right? Yeah. 
Why? Yeah, why? I don't I understand. Can. What does it matter what tool you use? Yeah. If your design comes out and is a great design, it's like yeah. sexy, it's got hierarchy, all the design elements are perfect. What does it matter what you used to create it? And I don't know why designers are so angry about it. Yeah, I think it's A, what a waste of energy. Yes. <laughs> and B, I think that it comes back to the thing of feeling threatened about yes. losing the work. But at the end of the day, the people who are going to do Canva by themselves are never the people who are going to hire you. If Canva wasn't there, it would be something else. They would teach themselves Illustrator, but yes. they still wouldn't know how to use it. Let's face it, how many people actually know how to use Canva well as yes. well? Yeah. The people that use it. So they're not the design skills they're not going to yeah. have the eye for detail all no. the alignment all that stuff so mm. i'm not sure why they get so angry like yeah be cool guys <laughs> <laughs> there's space for everyone yes, like it's you know okay. there's, yeah there's enough work if you're talking to the right people the right people will come so yeah, yeah. and it's totally Comes something to you can embrace for your clients and create new services based on it embrace it and make money from it yeah. yeah. There's a woman I follow on Instagram. Actually, she has also done my course, Brody Rose, and she oh, yes. says she's a Canva designer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. she actually does a lot of templates and stuff for her clients in Canva. So it's part of her offering. Yeah, embracing it. It's making it easier for them as well because they're not going to come back to you for every little social media tile that they need. Yeah. And do you even want them to do that? That is such a waste of time. No. And even as a designer, you can make money designing elements for Canva. Yes. And I'm actually on the way. Yeah. yeah. She makes a lot of money that way. So a lot. I, I have a friend. Sorry. No, I just think designers need to see it differently. Yeah. yeah. I actually have a friend in New Zealand who is a Canva designer as well, and she spent the lead up to her mat leave making elements yes. for, for Canva, and then they closed the program. So you actually can't get in at the moment. I'm on a wait list. I've applied because after I talked to her, I was like, that is not. But she made 100K US dollars in her first year of being a mum on mat leave That's from the amazing. Canva program. Yeah. Yes. And literally that is passive income because there's no marketing involved. No. She's done the work. She just gets a drip, drip feed of income. So guys, Why embrace not? the things. Yeah. <laughs> embrace the things. Use them to your advantage. Yeah. You have the skill. Just see it as another way to make money. Yeah. We're in a it's very okay, unique guys. There's industry. enough clients for everybody. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any books or courses or tools that have been really instrumental in your growth as a business owner, a mentor? Seriously, therapy. <laughs> therapy has been the number one, number one growth tool, I think. I've read a lot of books. I think when I was at that crossroads deciding what I wanted to do, the book that kind of changed everything for me was called Fearless Living. And that just helped me deal with the fear and work through it. I love Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic. And something that I've been going back to read more of lately is Gabrielle Bernstein's work around ego versus intuition. Just because I feel sometimes we can get muddled up and the ego can take over when we should really just be going with our gut. But yeah, that's something that I'm dealing with, obviously. 
But yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff out there, but I honestly feel like therapy is the number one thing that has helped me grow as a person. (laughs) Everyone, go to therapy. I was just recommended a therapist here on the Gold Coast and he does walking sessions. And I'm like, oh, I'm in. Give me his number. Yeah. Um, So anyone that's listening that's in Australia and is a small business owner, there is actually a program through Beyond Blue, which is free for small business owners where they will do six sessions to help you with whatever it is you're struggling with, stress in your business, stress in your life, and it's free. And I've known some designers who've done it and it has helped them immensely. So free therapy, jump on it. So good. That's so valuable. Because even with care plan from your doctor, there's still a gap in most cases and it can be prohibitive for some people. So that is such a great tip. I'm going Ooh. to find the link to that and pop that in the show yes. notes. And I'm going to look up Fearless Living because that sounds like my jam. Yeah, it's a good But I love Big Magic as well. I read it a very long time ago. But oh, I just love that the idea of there's this inspiration swirling around and sometimes it will land on you and sometimes it will land on someone mm. else. And oh, it's such a beautiful concept. So I really yes. love that book as well. I will pop links to those as well. And when you mentioned about Gabby Bernstein and intuition, I also am very interested in this at the moment because I'm I'm actually medicated for ADHD now and I'm realizing how anxious I was before now that I have this very profound sense of calm that has hit me and a lot of what I think throughout my life I have confused for intuition was actually anxiety. Wow. And so now I'm like, I need to go more into that and find my um, intuition. And yeah. yeah, I would read Miracles now, I think. Okay. I'm not a woo-woo person, but I really love yeah. the way she explains things. And yeah, I think you would really like it. Yeah, I'm not a super woo-woo person either, but there's some things that mm. I just the big magic thing. There are some things that yeah. are bigger than us that you just can't explain. And yeah, yeah. yeah I, think <laughs> I wrote them down. Like so thank you. Yeah. Amazing. There's a few things that I try and ask when people come on this podcast. So I would love to know what is one thing that you've done to influence your money story? We kind of touched on this before. Well, having awareness. Yeah. Like having awareness of how I feel about money. And it made me think about my own money story and the trauma that I have attached to it and just being conscious of it makes a huge difference I think when I was growing up my mum was a single mum she would worry about money a lot and I remember I would go into her bedroom at night say goodnight just be able to tell there was something going on I'd be like what's wrong she'd be like I'm worrying about money And that's what it would always be. All of her worries were money. And then, of course, I grew up carrying those worries of money as well. And just being aware of my reactions and then diving a bit deeper and figuring out where I got this this anxiety of money, the scarcity thing, and then trying to read for myself. Like, that was her story. It's not my story. And, yeah, just being conscious of it. Hmm. And how do you do the rework thing, if you don't mind? Oh. I'm always like, okay, but what do you do? What, yes, what could okay. I do? <laughs> well, I, in the past, I had a tendency just to bury my head in the sand and not actually look at money, look at accounts, mm. not actually keep on top of what I was, all that stuff. I actually worked with money coach, Melanie Miller from The Profit Lovers. She is amazing. 
And I love that she is all about tough love like me. She doesn't do fluff. She was like, we're going to log in and we're going to calculate how much money you've made. And it freaked me out. And this was probably six years ago, maybe. It freaked me out. And she was, what are you hoping you made? It's like, oh, I was hoping I made like as much money as my husband, you know, and I made more than him. And I didn't even know because I didn't keep track. And she just forced me to stop burying my head in the sand and actually face it. And it's not as scary as I thought it was. It's actually better than I thought it was. And just doing that work with her really helped. Yeah. It's still a daily thing that I struggle with, but I'm trying really hard to be better at it. Yeah. Well, there's always new things that come up. There's new levels. You tackle one thing and you think you're over it and then it Mm. kind of appears in a different way. It's never in. It's like the whole therapy thing. It's like everyone's fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. We're just doing different levels, different part in our journey of fucked up. Yeah. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, So funny. Yeah. Uh, it's actually funny you say that because that was why I met with my bookkeeper last week because I was like, okay, I've hired staff. I need to pay them now. So I need to know what is happening yes. with my money. And I said to her, I'm very good at making money, but I'm also very good at spending money. So mm-hmm. I need to rein Same. in my impulse spending and be like, is this a good investment? And like everything I invest in, I don't think I've invested in something that wasn't a good investment, but it's also, okay, is the timing right? Is there something that's better at this time? Should I do it on a payment plan? Is this better for cash flow or all of these types yeah. of things? I really want to get a handle on that. So we're going to be having monthly meetings that's and forecasting. Awesome. And yeah, I'm so excited to get on top of that and oh, see how that changes my business as well. So that's just a recent up level for me. But yeah, I'm taking my head out of the sand, as you yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> so I said we will talk about this, but we haven't even touched on it. I have done your Path to Profit course. I think I was the first round of it, wasn't yes, it? I think so. When you first launched. Yes. Yeah. And so that's obviously had a big impact on my business. My course is a very big part of what I do now. Can you say a bit about that and the different courses that you offer? And yeah, tell us sure. a bit more about that side. Yeah. My big main e-course is Design Biz Bootcamp. It's basically just to help designers work smarter in their businesses. Like I said, I'm not into fluff. I like to keep things simple. It will help you figure out your brand voice, who you are in your business, pricing, systems, processes, all that jam. And then I have Path to Profit, which is what you did, which is for designers who want to create an e-course to complement their existing design business. So basically, I help you create an e-course that you can launch create the content once, sell it many times. I've helped lots of designers with that. Also, and what else do I have? I'm a co-founder of the Designer Boss Summit as well, which is a free digital event that happened three times a year, which is pretty epic. Nikki's been a speaker a few times. Yeah. It's well, always very I've fun. I've got memberships. Your membership. You've got to slay your content membership, which is where I basically create social media content for designers. So each month you receive four weeks worth of content. And I have the DBL squad, which is also a membership for people who have done my camp. It seems like a lot, but I feel like I've got it under control. Yeah. <laughs> like you say with the e-courses though, it is that thing of 
you set it up. For me, I'm actually finding that I probably need to re-record my course at least once a year yeah, because it's tech and it changes yes. quickly, but I've got the process of it now. And this round I'm doing Women Wealth WordPress and I'm calling it 2.0. So the format mm-hmm. is slightly different and I've tweaked it from 1.0 and I think I'll keep it in this format. It will oh, just be like re-recording the build. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I love mini courses. I feel it's not easy. I say easy as well. Yeah. It's easier once you've launched it once. It yep. becomes easy. But I feel it is a great way to make money if you want to have the flexibility in your life. And I do recommend the launch periods. I've gone through this and I did mm. I put it on Evergreen while I was on Mat Leave and had a few sales trickle through and that was fine. But what I found was that people were doing it on their own time. I think there's a lot of value in going through as a group and that comes off the back of a launch. The launches are very draining and all of these things, but I just think that you have to do them. (laughs) I think so too. Yeah. And it gets the best results for your students when you go through all with them. When you're there doing the weekly coaching, you'll get better success stories. It'll change people's lives in a bigger way. Yeah, Yeah. I think you just have to do it. Agree. Yeah. This round, I have a section built into our call and I force everyone to go into breakout groups and talk to each other one-on-one. And I I don't do it the first week, but I'm next week. Okay, it's starting. And I have prompts because I always feel nervous talking to new people. Mm. So I have like, what did you have for breakfast? Where was the last trip you took? What's your favorite plant? Yeah, little fun kind of things to get you talking. And every time when the breakouts end, people are laughing and chatting and it's so nice to see them connecting. So I'm really stoked. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. So can you just tell everyone where we can find you on the interwebs and how to connect with you? You can go to my website, anadower.com. I'm also on Instagram. I think it's at a creative mentor, but yeah, those are the two main places. And you've got another summer coming up next year. Yes. And you've got your podcast as well, which I think is on a bit of a pause at the moment. It is at the moment. You've got some, yeah. Yeah. The Uncool Designer Podcast. I'm hoping to bring it back. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure you will. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you for joining me and I'm sure I will talk to you soon. Thanks for the chance. If you love what I do here, let's connect. I tend to hang out on Instagram and you can find me at Seedling Digital and at Woman Wealth WordPress. You can head to womanwealthwordpress.com forward slash freebie to download my free Embrace Your Dream Life workbook. This guide is over 10 pages of actionable information and worksheets designed to help you build a profitable and fulfilling business in three steps. Get clear on your why, improve your money mindset and hone in on your messaging. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave me a rating and a review. It truly means the world to me and I read every message and kind word. Till next time, aim big.